Brandon Spivey. And we are the Mark Out Movie Podcasters. And in today's episode, we're bringing back the horror section, which was uh, something that was on Anchor, uh, was on Shutter, but it's no longer on Shutter. So Brandon had to get on Amazon. I bought it at a, at a store, a thrift store almost. <laughs> Same price though. Same price, three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. What's Hey, what's the what's the luck of that happening, right? Uh, there, there's no chance of it happening again. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So I bought the film, but we're gonna go ahead and jump into it. Um, uh, I will read. Let's see. I'm gonna read the uh, Google synopsis of the fog from 1980. Uh, the strange things begin to occur as a tiny California coastal town prepares to commemorate its centenary, centenary? <laughs> guys, I'm so sorry. Uh, centurion, let's say that. I don't know. You know what I mean. I know what you mean because I'm looking right at it. <laughs> Inanimate objects spring early to life. Reverend Malone stumbles upon a dark secret about the town's founding Radio announcer Stevie witnesses a mystical fire and hitchhiker Elizabeth discovers the mutilated corpse of a fisherman. Then a mysterious iridescent fog descends upon the village. More and more people start to die. That is not the order of events in this movie, but okay. Uh, Brandon, hit us with another. Oh, it stars uh, Adrian Barbeau, Tom Atkins, uh, Hal Hallbrook. And Jamie Lee Curtis and Janet Lee, among other people that was been in other John Carpenter films. Go ahead, here's with another. Yeah, like like Nancy Loomis, she had a little role in this. Oh uh, yeah, the numbers are six point eight out of ten on IMDb. Uh, Metacritic gives us a fifty five percent, eighty nine percent like us on Google, seventy four percent like it on the Rotten Tomato meter. As far as critics go, the audience score is a little lower though. Only 64% like this movie. That is pretty low. Um, I mean, but, especially for a Carpenter film during that. I mean, it's an 80s Carpenter film. I mean, right? I think it was right after Halloween, too. I mean, uh, it's, it doesn't have as much love, though. So you have Carpenter did. I'm not going to count like the eyes of uh, Laura Mars or anything like that. So, but, or Elvis. Uh, but he did. Um, he did the Halloween, and then after Halloween, I want to say, like he did Escape on Precinct 13 first, then Halloween, I think yeah. it, and then after Halloween, he did, I want to say he did this, it's 1980, because Halloween was 78, Yeah. Um, and then uh, from there, it's when he got into like uh, The Thing, I think, or maybe Christine, one of them, I don't know his uh, 
I don't know Christine, Crowley like. I think Christine came out in 81. I'm, I could be wrong. But I want to say it came out in 81. I think 82 was the thing. Yeah. But, again, I could be wrong. I don't have those numbers in front of me. But, you know, I could be wrong. Either way, though, I mean, it was still the, it was still an 80s film. Carpenter was coming off Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, you would, you would think most people would have been – would have dug this movie. I mean, nineteen eighty. Speaking of uh, Carpenter, so at the very beginning of oh, yeah. this movie, there is a cameo by John Carpenter. I recognize yeah. him right off the top. I'm like, hey, there's John Carpenter. Because <laughs> you know, uh, John Carpenter had that long hair. Now he's like has, you know, he doesn't have the hair uh, as he. No, he doesn't have that kind of hair anymore. <laughs> I like. I still like you, John. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, um, he had, uh, you know, he had the mustache. It's just, it's just, he looked like John, it was John Carpenter. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah, like, it John yeah, Carpenter. yeah, it's like he stepped out from behind the camera and said, all right, here, let me do this row real quick. And then he then went, went back to being behind the camera. Um, it was like, uh, he wanted to be Alfred Hitchcock right there, you know? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Well, and then in Halloween, I know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chase too many rabbits. Brandon's gonna keep me from doing it. But in Halloween, he's not in there, but his smoke is seen in one scene because he was a chain smoker. He is still a chain smoker, and uh, his smoke was seen uh, bellowing onto the screen as All about uh, that smoke. Yeah, as uh, that's as, a good segue to the fog. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. But uh, but yeah. Um, Man, so the movie um, starts off. Uh, now I don't recall the exact beginning because it didn't stand out to me as much as the beginning of when. Uh, oh, it, the fog it, it, tech fire scene. They're talking about uh, Spivey Point, which my last name is Spivey, uh, and Russellville. Well, Russellville Road comes in later, but yeah, Spivey Russell Point Road. is like he's telling his ghost story, uh, basically, to these kids. And it always stood out. Spivey Point stood out. Even you mentioned that. Yeah. Spivey Point. Huh. Who did he know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he must have known the Spivey in Russellville. Um, yeah. uh, so, all right. Russellville is uh, mentioned. Russellville Road. Clay Street here in Bowling Green is mentioned. Uh, and then also Richardsville Road, I think. He mentioned Richardsville Road. And then um, the 31W Bypass, uh, which he mentions that, like, you can tell John, John, like Bowling Green. He although if you if you ask him, he'd probably say he didn't. But he they liked it. He liked just enough to mention the town, right? So, oh, uh, he he loves it. He loves he loves the 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 town at least because it's. Uh, I always thought you know Haddonfield looked like Russellville a little bit, especially in the you know the suburban areas where the houses are. I had a friend that he lived on a in Russellville. Uh, his his houses looked like I came out of Haddonfield. I swear to God, when I late at night, I was like I felt like I was in Haddonfield. Mm. <laughs> it creeped me out. But yeah, I mean, he had to love it. I mean, otherwise he wouldn't have put that much influence into Halloween. With the town. Well, I feel that I feel like. Like in Halloween, I, I could see Bowling Green a lot in it. Uh, of course, well, I see names, Bowling Green in it too. Yeah, Definitely. Warren County is named that. Warren County is where Haddonfield resides. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, I, I feel a lot of Bowling Green in it, but especially like 
like characters like Mr. Elrod. Yeah, you know, I think it's his the character name in Halloween. Um you don't ever see him, but you hear of him. Uh, but like Elrod Road is uh, a road here in Morton County. So, you know, yeah. it's like he's you know, the influence is there. But I I'm glad it carried over into the fog uh segue and back to there. Um, I don't think he really mentioned it in any of his other films. I think that was the gist of it. Now, Tommy Wallace, who's a character named in this one, named after Tommy Lee Wallace, uh, John's friend and director of Halloween 3 and It, chapter, uh, it, or It, uh, Stephen King's It TV version. Now, Tommy <laughs> Lee Wallace mentions Lampkin Park and things like that in his movies as well, because he's from Bowling Green, but a lot of people don't show him as much love but I'm going to show him love right now. Tom Lee Wallace, thank you for being from here. Um, anyway, back to it. Man. Uh, so the beginning, what did you think about the uh, the town coming we, alive? Were we talking about when the fog appears or yeah, the actual the, beginning of the ghost stories? The, uh, 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 I, I like that. I thought the atmospheric was... What? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, not so much the ghost story. Like, me, personally, I didn't care for the ghost stories. Uh, you know, I think it, that it served a purpose, but I just didn't like it. I mean, it 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 felt uh, if I if I can, I think Friday the Thirteenth Part Two stole it from the fog here, uh, or and the burning as well. It, it kind of reminded me of that those particular scenes where they be by a campfire talking, you know, telling ghost stories. Uh, I don't think I had seen it before Friday Thirteenth Part Two. Uh, obviously. I hadn't seen the fog <laughs> before, so, but I, I liked it. I mean, it felt like an it felt like eighties horror, you know. But oh, this is like a ghost story movie, but it doesn't feel like a ghost story movie. And I think you pointed that out um, to me earlier. Uh, you feel it's kind of like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, towards the end. But yeah. also, I feel like in watching this movie. I had this moment where I was looking at this movie and I was thinking, huh, I didn't realize this movie was a slasher. <laughs> you know, I had yeah. that I had that moment of the uh, epiphany where I was like, this is a slasher film. And it yeah. really is. Like the yeah, the, the way that the um the fog people kill people is like they like brutally kill them. Like dude gets stabbed yeah. in the face like five times, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but when it when they when it first appears, uh, I think it's very atmospheric. It's creepy how the fog appears, you know, uh, especially towards that ship. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I'd been on that ship, I think I would. If I could have, I would have just jumped in the water and drowned. But because I can't swim. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna <laughs> talk about. Fog. We're gonna talk about that. Let's talk about this real quick though. So. We have at the beginning uh the town coming to life with the uh like like the lights of the cars start going off and the horns you have yeah. the uh the bottles dropping in the in the grocery store um you have like all this all this coming to life right um yeah. and then uh you see nancy nancy Lyles, or at, at that time nancy loomis um who was a carpenter i think she was like she he used her more than jamie lee at one point because she was oh, in yeah. like, she's in west name as well uh um a, a, a song precinct 13 
yeah. Halloween ended. So she was like in three films, like back to back, right? Yeah. Uh, if she's in, I mean, I haven't seen like a lot of her work, but yeah, you're right. She's in these three films, maybe more. I, I mean, I, I don't know, but uh, I, I, it was, it was, it was refreshing to see her. I, I liked her in Halloween a lot. I actually liked her. I thought she was more entertaining than Jamie Lee, which is very facts. 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 Nobody talks she about that. More, Nobody talks about that. Facts. She was a more of an entertaining character than Lori was. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you knew she was gonna die. And, <laughs> but and even in this movie, even in this movie, I I, yeah. I marked out when I saw her when she first appeared. I'm like, oh yes, Nick. You know, I'm like, yes, Nancy, because I loved her in Halloween. Uh, and and there was one character death that I was really I hated that she died. You know, that was the one character yeah. in Halloween I loved. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I mean PJ Souls was cool, but I didn't really care for PJ as much as her. Yeah. You know, and Nancy had had personality uh, of the three. She had the best personality, so it really shined. Uh, every time I watch Halloween, I always I, I just smile when I see her because you know she she. she fun personality you care for her you know you just care and in this it was nice to see her i wish she would have had a bigger role i actually wish she would have had jamie lee's role uh i think it would have <laughs> i hate to say this but i think it would have made my experience better you know because mm. i didn't really like jamie lee in this movie she was she was like more like at one point she was the uh uncontrollably whiny character it yeah. felt like um now I did like seeing her and Janet Lee playing side by side. I yeah. I always thought that they only did it once in Halloween H two O. I didn't realize that they were in this movie together, so it was pretty cool uh, to see that as well. Janet yeah. Lee being from Psycho, uh, the legendary first kill in Psycho. You know, um, legendary. It is legendary. She I is mean, legendary. You don't get iconic. That. You, just, yeah. you, you just don't. But yeah, I, you know, also I gotta give him a shout out, Tom Atkins. Oh God, I love him. He's great in this movie. I thought. Tom uh, I love Tom Atkins. Halloween. Yeah, Halloween three. But for me, Night of the Creeps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I want to mention somebody else in this movie that uh, that was like I really loved when they popped up. Uh, Charles Cyphers, uh, who played Dan O'Bannon. He was the. Yeah. Uh, he 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 was the guy that would call into the uh, radio and talk to uh, yeah. Adrian Barbeau, and uh, just his character, man. Like when I seen him, I'm like, oh man, Sheriff Brackett, man. I just yeah. like I immediately I immediately go to go to his role in Halloween. Um, just he just um, he seems like a just a down to earth character actor, you know, and um, <laughs> and uh, and that was a death I didn't. I didn't particularly care for, but, uh, but getting to the deaths here. So we met, you mentioned the, uh, crew that was on the boat. Um, and didn't they feel like a real crew, like a real. Yeah. I, cr- I believe uh, they comrades? were. Yeah. I believe they were, they were a real crew on that boat. Uh, you know, uh, and like I said, when that fog is coming, uh, it, it's, it's atmospheric, but it's so creepy how it comes at you. <laughs> Especially in the water, you know, on the water, I should say. It's just really creepy. And I was like, if I was seeing this, I'd be jumping out of the boat. I just would. I, would, I wouldn't I would wait for this fog to hit me. I would not. Mm-hmm. You know? 
uh, what's name said Tommy Wallace, the character of Tommy Wallace in this movie, says, uh, there's, there's no fog on the bank. Hey, hey, there's a fog on the bank, <laughs> you know, something like that, you know, yeah. uh, man, and, that, and that's the first, the first kill. So, the so at one point, uh, you you'll figure that the deaths, the only way to die is to be directly in the fog because because they would knock they would knock on the door and i would think if you open the door then you are opening it up to death but i would i was wondering in watching this what if you just don't answer the door when they knock like you know they will find a way to come in <laughs> they will but i, I like how, how you pointed that out though that you have to open the door for them it's kind of like vampires you know you have to let them in you have to give them that approval. Um, but, yeah, but, and I ain't going to spoil the ending just yet or talk about the ending, but, but that guy did not let them in. <laughs> yeah. They found a way in, though. But, um, yeah, it, it was a very good, when the fog first appears and, and takes its first victim, uh, it was it was very uh, atmospheric. I, I keep saying that. But it was. I I loved how John shot this movie. Mm-hmm. I love the, the the angles. You know, I love his angles anyway. But specifically in this movie, I really I think I enjoyed his camera work or you know cinematography better than I did Halloween. Uh, but you know, I, well, I really enjoyed it. Well, I really enjoyed his, you know his vision. We're gonna talk about that real quick. So um, so and this is what people might. See, this is controversial for me to say this, but I will say this. So I'm a huge Halloween fan. I am. Yeah. I'm absolutely, I'm, I cannot deny that I'm a fan of Halloween. I own I own it. I own every single one of them. And uh, I own multiple copies and versions of the original Halloween film. Uh, on everything from Blu-ray to DVD to VHS, you know, I own them. So, um, so with John's work, it seems like, with Halloween, it, it's still beautiful. It's atmospheric. It's uh, it, you can feel like it's Halloween. You can feel like it's really that time frame, and you can feel everything that you're seeing. Uh, but I feel that as John went along in his career as a director, I feel like with each thing that he shot, his vision got more clearer and clearer. It's as you see what I'm saying. Like I, I feel it. Yeah, yeah. So so in this one. His vision is so is getting clearer and clearer, and you can, like you said, you can feel the atmosphere. You felt like it's almost like reminds me of Jaws in the sense of uh, you felt like you felt like that that small town uh, uh, was a real town. You know what I'm saying? You felt that these are real people that live in this town, and I love that feeling. Um, uh, it, you know, you don't. You, it's not like you're watching a movie. It's like you're you're visiting a town, and this is happening. See what I'm saying? It's like you're you're living the experience with them. Absolutely, and I think that he like with the thing and everything else that he did, uh, especially there in the '80s. I think that he his vision got more and more clearer, and uh, and his sh- and his shooting technique got better and better as he went along. And so I think that um, I, I would I would agree with you that 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 the uh, cinematography, his shooting style in this, was better than what it was in Halloween. Although Halloween was great. You know, but I, I, you can feel it's more put together now. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know it'd be hard for some people to accept that because 
it's Halloween, but and I'm not saying this movie's better than Halloween. It, it, it doesn't come close in my opinion. <laughs> but his shooting style was better. I thought, you know, his his work, you know, was better. I just don't feel the story was better, and I don't feel the the ghost the presence of Michael Myers. Uh, but the shooting style, uh, I think, was better. Yeah, and I honestly do believe that. Uh, honestly, it, it needed like it needed to be like I know that there was reshoots and stuff like that to give it more gore for as the yeah. times you know as like with Halloween too. He wanted to up the gore because it was it was all. I'll uh, Friday Thirteenth yeah. that created the modern slasher film, and so that so that create it made John Carpenter and everybody after John, uh, or everybody after John, and and I'm not even talking about the first Friday Thirteenth. I'm talking about like Friday, the second one. That's the one that really upped it, and so I think that everybody just started kind of mimicking that. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, but I do think it happened. It was the result of the first movie, uh, even though it didn't. I don't not not the gore necessarily, but the body count. The body think, count. Yeah. Yeah, the gore really picked up. I think it picked up in the second movie, but I think it the gore really found its way in the third movie because uh, I, I think that's probably one of the goriest Friday Thirteenth films. Uh, that one and four. Well. <laughs> Uh, Friday Thirteenth uh, was nineteen eighty as well, the yeah. first one. Um, and I'm curious to know whether uh, I'm curious to know which one came out first. Mm, you uh, see what I'm saying? Like, um, like I would say probably Friday Thirteenth uh, came out. I think uh, this one came out first. It came out February first, nineteen eighty. Okay. I would go with. Uh, the fog okay but i know that the fog i do know that there was a lot of reshoots with the fog uh to kind of up the up the the goriness you know yeah. up, up the brutality of it uh so yeah, you know. I think maybe i have a problem with that i don't think it was needed for the story they were really telling um because when you think of ghost stories I mean, for me anyway, I don't really think of gore, you know, when I think of a ghost story. Not, especially not today, I don't. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I just didn't feel like, I feel like he was combining a ghost story with a slasher movie. And I don't know. And the result was the fog. Yeah. And the and elements of a zombie movie, too. So, because uh, yeah. the, and all right. So with the movie, we have Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Atkins. That she's a hitchhiker and he picks her up, and they're in the car, and then all of a sudden the fog or something causes his window to break out, um, and you know then we go around to the different parts of the town, but then when we come back to them, like they're in bed together. I'm like, oh man, that's fast, you know. What I'm saying? Yeah. That was like okay. So, and then he like literally says, "Hey, what's your name?" <laughs> like, you know. Hey, no, Tom I mean, likes to work fast, though. <laughs> hey, he does. I mean, if he, you does. Look at her, he really does. He's hey, very quick. He's very quick. <laughs> I don't know. mean in that way. I just mean he's very he's he's smooth. I remember my conversation with him in in, uh, in uh, Louisville. I believe it was. It could have been Nashville, but I want to say it was Louisville. 
he was just very quick with his responses. He was cool though. I loved him. I love Tom. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's he's one of those. Uh, and he's still he's still around, guys. He's still kicking it, man. Um, yeah, he's gonna be in the. Uh, oh, what was that movie? Uh, I forget now. You just recently the collector, the collector three. He's gonna be in the collector three. It's a. I mean, it's not a big horror movie franchise, but it is a franchise, and it will be going to theaters if they ever open up again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he um, he's a. I just think that he's a he's a good character actor. But yeah, so in this movie they were together, so they was kind of paired off. And then you have Adrian Barbeau, who's essentially by herself, uh, in yeah. the uh, in the tower. Is that Joey Lawrence? It's her son. Or is that uh, he looks no, I like? So. I don't <laughs> think it was Joey. For a second, I thought it was Joey or one of the Lawrences. Um, but it feels like she's never at home. <laughs> yeah, she's like a pretty bad mom. Um, but no, she. Uh, but uh, she's never at home. Uh, she's a radio DJ, but the radio station is in a lighthouse for some reason. Um, is yeah. she a radio DJ? Does she even play music? She yeah. Just talks? I was thinking there was a little music in there, but um, you know. But yeah, so it was at the beginning though. So I, you know, I was thinking she was a radio DJ, but maybe she's like, maybe she's not. Maybe she's the lighthouse keeper or something. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so she's uh, she's pretty much there, uh, isolated. Um, the most that she has is a conversation with uh, uh, Charles Cyphers, uh, Dan O'Bannon. Um, you know. He calls in at time to time, uh, kind of flirt with her, with her, things like that. And I love that chemistry together. Um, yeah. uh, but and then you have uh, Janet Lee, who is helping to try to get the town prepared for the centennial. I said it, kind of. Uh, so <laughs> she's trying to get the world, the town pre- prepared, and her uh, her helper is Nancy uh, yeah. Sandy in this movie. Um, and let's see, um, another one is you have, uh, Father Malone, who is at the church. He's the, uh, the priest in the town. Yeah. And he knows the secret. Um, those are the main ones that to notice, you know, um, Hey, Tommy Lee Wallace actually played one of the ghosts. Go figure. You know, John had to get him in there. I mean, <laughs> I like how he named like Nick Castle and stuff like that. Like we mentioned yeah. before, like how he John uses the same actors and he and he also use references to people that he's John's very man. If you're loyal to him, man, he uses you. Um, yeah, you know, and and that's a trend that's kept on going in horror. I mean, Rob Zombie does the same thing. Uh, James Wan, he does it. Uh, it's a trend, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Flanagan. He uses yeah. the same people. Yeah, Mike Flanagan. Yeah, so it's you know I don't know if John started it, but it's definitely kept going. <laughs> it's a trend in Hollywood and horror. Uh, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I love that he uses the same people though. It it's a it brings familiar familiarity. Uh, it brings you know you 
you're, you're if you like these people like they, these character actors you know you're gonna probably enjoy the movie uh you know but i love the fact that he did that in the 80s and i guess hitchcock probably did it first i, I would assume uh you know a lot of people were influenced by hitchcock then they were influenced by carpenter so uh you know but it's good though. I like. I like. Yeah, it's a good thing. It and plus it it allows people to like get to know and get to form new horror icons. People that they yeah. that's it, like like Hammer Films. Hammer Films for instance, they used uh, they used Vincent Price and they used uh, uh, man I can't think of anybody else's uh, Chris uh, Christopher Lee. You know, and people like that, they used uh, people uh, often in a lot of their stuff. And so that's why Vincent Price is, uh, to me, a horror icon or was a horror icon. And Christopher Lee was a horror icon. Yeah. Uh, Christopher's dead now. Um, yeah, I think he uh, passed away last year or yeah. 2018. Yeah. Uh, and uh, him and then, like, other people, that's what I'm saying, like, those people became horror icons. And that's why Tom Act, you know, people like that or, or and Jamie Lee Curtis and stuff, because for either A, they stayed in the genre and was in a, multiple films, or B, one director would, would use them in most of their stuff. Like, and I give credit to people, people bounce on them and stuff. I give credit to Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler does that too. Like with his crew, he's loyal. He, like if you're loyal to Adam Sandler, he's going to use you in, in his stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam definitely uses the same people over and over. And I, I love that fact, although I, I, you, you know, the bonds are really strong with those people. And uh, I love seeing them all together, uh, mm -hmm. especially for like a, like a grown ups type of movie. Uh, I, I love it. But uh, so, um, during the fog here, I, I wanted to get your opinion on this. I know we mentioned it early, but when it comes at the car and breaks the window, car window, did did you feel anything when that happened? Uh, like, did I Were feel you into like, it? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was into more of the, not so much the breaking of the window, but the most suspense I felt was two, two places I felt suspense. One, it is one after the other. So one is when uh, they were trying to get into the um, the boy's house, you know, to get the boy out. Uh, yeah. You know, Adrian Barbo's son out of the house because the fog was closing in to, to, to kill him, I assume. Um, and then uh, two is when they got him and tried to get out of the mud, you know, and they're trying to get out of the mud. I felt that suspense, but not so much when they break in the windows of the cars and stuff like that, you know, it's more suspenseful yeah. for me. If the fog is coming in, it reminds me almost like the mist, you know, the, the what's, what's creepy about Stephen King's the mist is you see the mist and uh, you know that there's something in the mist, you know, so, you know, if the mist comes over you or comes around you, then there's a, there's a likely chance you're going to die. That's what I like about the mist uh, is that element of it. Uh, but, of this, you know, when it's breaking the windows and stuff, uh, just to me, um, now what would have been better is instead of breaking the windows, when the mist comes around them, you see the hands 
of the people on the, you know, the car is like covering it and start shaking it or whatever. That would have been better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I feel you. Uh, and I'm not saying I had suspense in that scene, but, you know, I did feel a little something. Uh, but, yeah, I guess that was probably more time. I just don't think Jamie's very good in this movie. Uh, I hate to say that. I love Jamie Lee Curtis, but I just don't think she was that good. That's why I said I thought Nancy Loomis would have been better for that role. Uh, I think she would have pulled it off better. But, uh, and again, that's controversial, but it's just, yeah. that's how I felt watching it. I, I felt like she should have had a bigger character in the movie than she did. And, well, and, she, feel, and she knocked it out of the park, mm-hmm. the character she had, but, you know. I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis at this point, so she did Halloween in 79 or 78. 78 yeah. um, and then like she followed it up with this and then shortly thereafter I think uh, a couple maybe a year or so later she did uh, Prom Night and then like uh, then she do like um, did a movie uh, called Terror Train as well Terror Train yeah like so she did like a few little horror films but I think by that point she's kind of burnt out on horror and so she that's probably when like Trading Places came up and there was like a breath of yeah. fresh air for her and she's like Comedy, yes, give me that, you know. Yeah, and, she was uh, coming at the screen queen. <laughs> but she, uh, not everybody, and and I can say that too for about about her. She probably didn't want to be a screen queen. Now she's now accepted it, and uh, and you know accepted it as an honor. You know what I mean? But yeah, then yeah. she was a young actress, and she's probably trying to get out from under the shadow of her mom too. You know. So it's like yeah. a lot of elements. She, you know, she came from a famous yeah. family, so you know. yeah. You, you never want to get tie cast, uh, and that's, that was probably a fear of hers getting tie cast as a scream queen, uh, and that's it. And thankfully, she did get trading places. And I can remember, you know, she did My Girl and she did True Lies and Fish Caught Wanda, and she did yeah, Fish uh, Caught Wanda. Yeah, uh, True so, Lies was like one of my favorite cause, um, films with her in because she played a character that was not a sexy lady at first. She didn't appear sexy, yeah. but then she became sexy in order to, you know, uh, like in, in the movie. And I just loved, loved her and Arnold. thought they had great chemistry together. So, um, But then she came back for H2O, and she's really never left the genre. I mean, she, she you know, she, Friday. she, she did Freaky Friday. She did Freaky Friday. I mean, she could, but yeah, I mean, she was, I mean, I love her. I mean, I just, I just, I, I probably, I think I agree with you that she was probably burnt out. Uh, and she's probably done three or four in a row. Uh, I'm just assuming here. I mean, I don't know. Neither, neither one of us know Jamie Lee Curtis personally. No, no, we don't <laughs> know her. Uh, We're just assuming. But, you know, I just, a big fan though. Both of us are. I love her work. Uh, Absolutely. Like, yeah, if a movie came out today, not other than Halloween, uh, but if another movie come out and Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, then I will watch it. Like for instance, uh, we, we both liked uh, we both liked Knives Out. She was in that movie. She's fantastic yeah. in that movie. Yeah, she's so really good. She's able to do it. She can she can bounce now in her career because she took a break from horror. I yeah. feel this is just all my opinion, folks. Since she took a break from horror and did comedy and did drama and did things like that. She can bounce back between the genres, and she can do that. Not many actresses can do that. Reese Witherspoon can't do a horror. You know what I'm saying? 
I mean, has she ever done one? <laughs> huh? She, I don't think she's ever done one. I don't think she's ever really done a horror. She did some suspense stuff, but yeah, um, but yeah, she ain't really did a horror though. I, I feel. Yeah, I don't think she has. Uh, it'd be interesting to see her in a horror film, but yeah. uh, she missed her. She missed that boat though to be you know you know the teenage horror icon uh but yeah i but getting back to the fog here um i, I agree with you on the the kid scene you know the fog's coming for him at the house uh i think one of the biggest moments for me though was well, i can forget his name but he plays sheriff bracket now you mentioned you didn't really like or i'm not sure if you didn't like him the the scene or if you didn't just like him getting killed yeah i but, didn't like him getting killed i liked him i liked the scene and i liked yeah, the suspense that was one it. of my favorite scenes in the movie i hated that it happened because he's such a likable character mm-hmm. again these halloween alumni people <laughs> they, they, they you just love to watch them but I, he was really likable he, i i hated that he died and i but i love the scene it was one of my favorite scenes in the movie you know, um, I mean, it is what it, it is, what it is, man. Like, people that, that's character actors that you just love, you know? Yeah. And you don't want to see nothing happen to them. And I'll, I'll give you, and I'm, I'm not going to chase too many rabbits, but it's kind of connected. Halloween 2018, the guy that played the uh, the new sheriff, the, he's the oh, guy yeah. that's in, uh, um, uh, train, not Train Day, but he's the guy in uh, the, Remember the Titans and Armageddon. Yeah. I hate it when he died in that movie. Like it really, I was so mad. I was like, literally I was mad. I was like, no, oh my gosh. And it just, man, it really is. Oh, it irritated me because I hated the guy that killed him. I hate, I just hated that. I just, oh my gosh. Even thinking about it just ticks me off because, you know, I was hoping I was hoping he was going to be the new Loomis. I, I was hoping he was going to be the new Loomis. That guy. That's what I was hoping for. Well, I mean, I would have loved for Will Patton to be the new Loomis. Uh, man, he was – when he got cast, I got excited because I know he, he's an amazing character actor. But, yeah, I hated that scene too. Uh, I hated that uh, guy that killed him as well. Uh, I understood, but I hated it. I understood his motivation and everything, but – God, he's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I was like hoping, I was honestly hoping that he didn't really kill him. They just hurt him, you know, yeah. and then like so he would be in the sequel. But no, he may, they make sure of it. He's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's, he, he's gone. Uh, but yeah. Well, I get Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> I'm happy about that. And then uh, uh, Charles Cypher is, is returning. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, a sheriff bracket, but yeah. So uh, to get back to fog, I just my, my point is uh, Charles Cyphers or Daniel 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 Bannon, I think his name in this movie. Uh, he was just such a likable character, and you really felt suspense and everything. And then also with Adrian Barbeau, she did great voice work, uh, 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 like almost like the audience. She was almost the audience saying, "Get out the house." Don't answer the door. Don't go this. Do the, you know? She was really that voice, and um, and but the ending. I guess is the time to talk about the ending. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the ending makes no sense to me. Um. So 
it makes yeah. sense a little bit. At the church. Yeah, they're at the church. We have uh I'm not gonna remember everybody, but Janet Lee's there. I think uh, uh Nancy's there. Yeah. Um I'm gonna just call these people by their real name. Jamie Lee Curtis is there, Tom Atkins, um how basically the the essentials. Yeah, and then Adrian uh, Barbeau is still over the radio and at the lighthouse. So she's the only one that isn't there. Her son is actually in the, at the church as well. Uh, so the uh, ghost pirates start to descend upon the, uh, they start to descend upon the uh, church and uh, and trying to break in. And this is what I meant, mentioned, Brandon, that felt more like a Night of Living Dead zombie movie more than a ghost movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean by that. When they're they're trying to break in and everything, and uh, yeah, it like they didn't. It's like I know they got killed a hundred years ago, and it's they're celebrating the hundred the hundred year anniversary or whatever uh, to these people that actually killed these people. Even though that's not what they're celebrating, but it, it kind of is. <laughs> uh, so I guess that's why they're getting revenge on them. But I don't understand why you're killing everybody, like. I know what they did in the remake. They killed the people, the family members, you know. Yeah. To these people. But this one didn't. Like, at first you think that's what it was. It's the family members. But honestly, oh. they're, they are they are unpre- uh, unprejudiced in this, man. They're just going after everyone. You yeah, know? Every, I think their goal was to kill everybody in town, in that town, to wipe it out. I think that was what the goal was. It's yeah. what it looked like the goal was. And I will give but, you – credit for the remake for uh, narrowing it down to say, okay, they're coming at their just Yeah, yeah that's, that's one thing I did like the, about the remake more than this. You knew exactly why, why they were doing what they were doing the whole, the whole movie. You know, you, you knew their, their motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but killing everybody that had nothing to do with none of these people had anything to do with it that you're killing. Um, but killing people, family members that had nothing to do with it, uh, just didn't make a lot of sense. And that's my issue with this movie. It is the story. Uh, I didn't love the story. Uh, the ending is like, and I said this, like, Act 1 was great, right? Act yeah. 2 was pretty great, too. But it was that third act where it just, you know, tripped and failed. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just, it just, it, and then it hurt his leg and just limped into the finish. That's what I felt like it did. Like, and I thought the finish was like, like it's like here, take your gold, and then like they pretty much take it and they leave, right? But then like they thought it's over, but then they have that stupid, ending scare thing that was pointless. Like the the fall comes back in and then they are there again and he turns around and then the the uh, the reverend gets killed yeah i think i'm gonna just assume here <laughs> i'm gonna assume that's a studio decision set it up for a possible sequel that's that's you know john and studios but it hits a lot <laughs> yeah. it's one reason that he left i think and did his own you know independent stuff uh because of studios wouldn't let him make his movie that he saw fit, you know, he, he, his vision, they wouldn't let him do it. I think that's probably what happened here. They were setting up a sequel. You know, it's kind of like a new line in Nightmare on Elm Street. 
uh, West never planned for there to be a sequel. Mm. It, but the studio got their wish. He reshot the ending. So, and that's I, th- I think that's why that's why it looks from that ending to that extra scene. It looks like the studio stepped in. And that's probably what it is. I think that um, I think that that like movies then. It's like studios start. That's when studios start to really get greedy, and like oh, yeah. and and see the money, see the dollar signs when it came to sequels. They're like, okay, how can we set up for a sequel? Okay, let's have Jason pop out the water, or let's have uh, you know, let's have and Michael get up and not be there when they look down or let's have, you know, uh, the fog come in and kill this guy or, uh, another one, uh, Friday thir- nightmare on M street. Let's have Nancy and her friends on like, for some strange reason, they're all alive and they get in the car and then, uh, the car is driven by Freddie and, and, and her mom just pulled through the window. It just makes like, you know what I'm saying? It just, but it's set up. They're like, "Oh man, let's see the next one." Because yeah, I mean, some of them though, you were like, "Yes, we're, we're gonna get another one." And even today, Halloween, looked- Halloween, yes, she was like that. When Michael wasn't yeah. there, you're like, "Oh yes, I can't wait to see the next one." You know, uh, like if like I never saw night like not night nightmare, Friday Thirteenth, the original first. I saw the sequel first, but if I had saw the first one, I would have been confused. Because to, even as a little boy, I knew that was a dream sequence. <laughs> it's clearly a dream sequence. It's, she, it didn't really happen, but they made it happen in the sequel. You know, I it just, well, not, I don't know if they even really made it happen, to be honest, because he, he's a grown man in the sequel. So <laughs> you can't explain the Friday the 13th movies, but <laughs> it's its own, you just use your own logic, I guess. But if I would have, like I said, if I've been watching it in 1980, I wouldn't have thought that movie would have got a sequel. Uh, there's no way. How do you do a sequel? Jason's dead. Mom's dead. End of the story. But, you know, studio. And they never explain. They never explain. Like no, no, no version. And I know we're not even talking about Friday the Thirteenth for real. But no version of that movie has ever explained why Jason, because was alive because the mom doing what she did was because they killed they jason died on the camp on the uh camp leader's watch they wasn't they should have been paying attention watching but instead they was out having sex and whatever else and he drowned you know that's what happened there is a loophole uh in that uh because the trucker says they never found a body so my theory is he never drowned (laughs) He lived in those woods out at Camp Crystal Lake all, all that time. But never went back home to his mother to Yeah, it, it don't make it, I mean, it don't make sense. Half of it makes sense. Okay, he survived, but did he not know where he lived? <laughs> did he well, not ask for help? I mean, you know, but that's that's the logic of Friday the thirteenth. You you, you yeah, gotta look yeah. past some things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it in uh, which yeah, yeah, you do gotta look past some things. You gotta check your logic at the door and say, okay. Yeah, you mean not to. Because if not, then you won't enjoy it because you'll think, well, I mean, that even, don't make sense. You know, even with Halloween, I shot him six times. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
and I know he's not supposed to be human. He's supposed to be this evil force, but he is still, you know, he, you know, he, I don't know. I mean, you, you get different theories on Michael Myers. I know Carper said he was an evil force. That's what I hope it does. That's what, that's what I did like, and, I, and I'm sorry, but that's what I did like on Halloween 2, uh, like the original Halloween 2 uh, that came out that uh, John had, John did. Um, so I like that the, um, I like that they continued it the night of. And so, yeah. yes, he did fall, and he got up injured, and he walked off, and that whole POV and stuff at the beginning, the Loomis coming out, I shot him six times. I can't believe he's still alive. You know, things like that. You know, and then like him just going through and looking and going in people's houses and, and taking the knife and things like that. I like that whole beginning of that. But movie. have you ever called that he only shot him five times? Uh, and now I never know. He shoots him once. Yeah, there's only five he, gunshots he, that he, go off. He shoots him was... once. Well, he shoots him once, pal. And he steps back. And then when he comes back in the hallway, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, Still standing there, and then he shoots a pal one, pal two, pal three, pal four, pal five. So I think it is six shots. Maybe I'm mistaken, but every time I see that movie, I only hear it go off five times. That's well, just... the, he shoots them five consecutives, but one, yeah. the one of them is the first shot because because uh, Nancy stabs him, and uh and and knocks the mask off, or no, pulls the mask off right, and then like he uh he's standing there and he's putting the mask back on. And yeah. then like I always then, get caught up in that moment though. And then I always uh, get caught up. And then like and then like Loomis shoots him once and then like uh he, he goes back and then like when Loomis comes around the corner, he's just standing there breathing, and that's when he shoots him one, two, three, four, five, like five more. So it is six shots. I think. But we should watch it sometime and check check it out because I don't remember. But he did say six I shot him six I know times. he said six times. Yeah, I know he says he's shot him six times, uh, but I always get caught up in that moment. Yeah, that, 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 that is one of my favorite moments of Halloween. With Loomis shooting him, and I, I just oh, it's it's just the amazing cinematography too during but, that scene. But I like that. Yeah, I, I like that though. So in the new Halloween movie, uh, I assume so. From I hope that they do. I think they're gonna go back to Night of Halloween '78. To show what happened when he was first captured, perhaps. Um, which yes. I hope. Yeah, because you're getting. Uh, uh, I read that Loomis is going to be in it. That yeah, era, yeah. so uh, it'd yeah. be cool to see. Yeah, it'd be cool to see. They don't make any drastic changes. <laughs> no, I mean, it just it should be just simple of him getting like he st- he gets up and walks, and they probably got to pay homage to Halloween too for a little bit, but then he gets caught and captured or something yeah. like that because we know that uh he still got the scar over his face from uh when uh lori stabbed him with the crocheting needle you know uh and he's still so he's still uh yeah she, so he still has all that stuff you know but man i don't know we didn't got on the halloween but yeah back, that's back what happens when you talk carpenter though you can't help but get on halloween <laughs> yeah but um, uh but yeah as yeah, it didn't really make sense to come back and kill the, the reverend. Uh, but, you know, it happened. Uh, I guess we can get our scores now. Absolutely, we can. Uh, so, all right. Uh, this is my letterbox score, and I'm going to stick with it. I give this movie three stars or three markouts out of five. Um, I think that it is 
it was it was a good movie for its time. Uh, shot well. Uh, great. The atmosphere was great. The acting was great. Uh, for in some some parts. Now Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't as strong as she could have been. Um, but I thought overall it was a good movie. But it wasn't one of my favorite of Carpenters. But I can give yeah. it. I'll give it three. I can't do any didn't do any higher, and I wouldn't dare do any less. Yeah, uh, I'm there with you, Marcus. Um You know, as far as Jamie though, you know, and I probably sounded a little harsh on her, but truthfully, I just don't think the role was for her. Like, I don't think it was a role for her. If that makes any sense, it, think, it was a secondary. You think it would have been better if it was like PJ Souls in their character in their role, or? Oh, my personal opinion, uh, you put Nancy Loomis in that role, and it's perfect. But, <laughs> but PJ probably could have pulled it off too a little bit better. It just felt like I don't want to say beneath Jamie Lee. I know she probably did it for Carpenter, but it it felt like she should have been like more of a lead, you know. Mm. And she really was. She was really secondary. Uh, but regardless, I, I do enjoy the movie, and I do think it, it was a product of its time. Um, I think people in 1980 probably really liked it, uh, despite what the audience score says on Rotten Tomatoes. I would say, when you talk to people about The Fog, John Car- it's beloved. I've heard people say it's just as good as Halloween. Uh, I disagree, but it's got that kind of love, and... Uh, but yeah, you don't hear people talk about it today. Uh, yeah. Sadly, I mean, I think it's a good movie. I, I just, I agree with you on the third act. It, it kind of goes, it dips a little. But still, I think it's a watchable movie for today. Uh, I, but if you're looking for something for fast-paced, you know, like this generation does, <laughs> yeah. they're not going to enjoy this movie. I feel it's too slow for them. Yeah, but I feel Halloween's too slow for them too. So yeah, see, horror, horror in the eighties, seventies, and eighties was a lot slower paced, um, and so it's it's hard for people to be engaged the whole time with something like that. Um, like, um, for instance, um, I think Hereditary, and I think Midsummer and uh, Lighthouse and stuff like that. I think those are all and which I think they were all like throwbacks to old horror because of the length and the, and it's a, the long, slow burn type of movies. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what horror used to be. And it built up to like that climactic scare, like exorcism built up to the exorcism scene, you know? Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, I, I don't only think though, I wouldn't, you know, it's, I, I, I don't know if I really feel those movies are horror films, but I, I feel what you're saying. They're, they're throwbacks. Uh, they feel more like, like well, especially like not Midsummer, but uh, Hereditary and The Lighthouse feel like dramas to me with horror elements. Uh, but I, I recently watched The Lighthouse and, and oh my God. <laughs> Terrific acting. Uh by both Robert Pattinson and William Defoe. Oh my God, Jesus! That, that was, that's Robert what Pattinson's best. What you mean you don't like me, lobster? You're fond of me, lobster. <laughs> I know you're fond of me, lobster. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I, I, I can't even speak how much I love that movie. Oh, Robert I'm Pattinson! So surprised. Is, whoa, whoa, I'm so surprised. 
I can't even speak. Kurt Bass is going to blow Batman out of the water. Yo, Brandon, I'm going to say this Anyone real quick. That, I, I am so surprised to hear that you say that you like the lighthouse. Why? That's surprising. I didn't think I, I didn't, I would have, I wouldn't have been a million years thought you've liked the lighthouse. Honestly, like I, I wouldn't have thought that, but you, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that the acting was great. Did I like the movie as much? Not so much, but really? Yeah. I just didn't, it just, it didn't, grabbed me like that you know it, it had some good elements and uh and, and it shot not well you know i loved everything about like the way it looked and stuff like that and i loved the acting in it it's just that it just didn't grab me like say and i know you didn't care for it as much but it's hereditary or midsummer those movies oh, grabbed me a lot more than than, than yeah uh, it's a thing. i know we're getting off topic but here's the thing about those films this director I did this and uh, the witch. Oh, I prefer him much more than I do the other guy. I think they're both really good. I don't want to say that 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 I don't want anyone to think I don't think they're good. But I think this guy's. I don't know. He's got, he's got something. He's got something special about it, the way he films movies. Um, I agree. The witch. Which is scary. It was, was terrifying. You know, the witch. I didn't like as much, but. The atmosphere of that movie? Oh my god! It felt like it was of the, of its time. Like it felt yeah. like you just plopped down into like the yeah. early 1300s or whatever. I don't know yeah. what era that was, but and everybody I went to with that movie hated it. <laughs> I was the only one that liked it, and and I, I I gave the excuse. Well, I got to see the goat do something. I got to see the goat kick kick him philip was awesome in that movie uh but yeah i i really like his style though i like you know he he's different he's unique you know and i, I like that i like his style i, I i'm a fan <laughs> yeah. uh but the guy that did hereditary uh it's in not that i didn't like the movie in midsummer i think midsummer is a better movie i would prefer to watch hereditary but <laughs> but i think hereditary is better i just what he did in that movie, I just do not want to see again. But I think it's amazing. Well, what I, how I feel about all right, and I know we're off topic. I apologize, guys. But so how I feel about Hereditary in Midsummer is that like Hereditary for one, I felt like at first it was like, oh man, what is this, you know? But then like yeah. I started paying attention to the, some of the stuff, like like when she turns off the light and sees her mom, like but but the, isn't sure if she's seen her mom in the darkness. It was creepy, and then yeah, uh, and and then like all the little horror elements, and then like the when 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 that movie, that movie tilted. You know, I'm not gonna ruin it for people. When something happens, the movie tilted to a different place, and I was like, "What in the world is this?" And then like it, then like it went really like the end, and was like, "Oh my gosh!" Um, but then Midsummer was that type of movie where, like, man, um, oh man, uh. Pew, uh, Florence Pugh, yeah. uh, she she was so good in it. She just, I felt yeah. her pain. I felt her emotion. Like you said, that's a movie that I seen once and I will never watch again. <laughs> Not because it's bad. It's just that it's just it's a very hard movie to watch, man. It's a very yeah. hard one to watch. That movie will mess you up. <laughs> it will mess you up. Man. It messed me up. I know that. I, I loved her in it, though. I love the movie itself. But it's a, it's a movie you can watch once and you'll never forget. <laughs> Absolutely, like I can tell you right now, everything that happened in that movie, man. 
Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll have to watch it ever again. It's just one of those movies that just stick with you. It sticks to your bone. And I think that's how I feel about The Lighthouse. Like, I don't want to see it again. But I'm curious about that ending, though. Like, that ending really confused me. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, that ending was so, oh, my goodness. Like, like we, did, we didn't we didn't cover the lighthouse at all on this on this channel, but um, but uh, I believe we both have letterboxes about lighthouse. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know I don't remember what score I gave. It was between a four and a five, but I gave it. I thought I gave it maybe a three and a half or so. Um, but like I, like I said, just it's not Rob Robert Pattinson. I do agree with you. We'll get off this because we're you know, but. Um, I do agree with you. He's going to kill his Batman. I think people should get over the fact that he played in Twilight and, oh, uh, and, and really just stop because he's, he's you know, grown so yeah, much yes, yes. Oh, it's like, God. that's like being like Heath Ledger can't play the Joker because he was in, uh, what's that movie? Not can't, not 10 things I hate about you. Cause I liked him in that, but the, the movie where he's a knight, Knight's kingdom or whatever. I don't know. So Knight's tale. there you go. He was in that. So, who cares? You know, people start off doing roles that they can get. You know, freaking Lars Fishburne played a cowboy on Pee Wee Sermon's Big Adventure, a big uh, Pee Wee sure Playhouse. Did. But he it went sure on to be did. Morpheus, and he went on to be one of the one of the best actors. Oh, he's, he's out amazing. There. Yeah. So people need to stop, and I'm gonna get out my soapbox, but people need to stop doing that. You know, because the guy Robert Pattinson. Can't act if you can't. Don't believe me. Watch several of his other films that he's in. He does a great job. Watch at anything it. recent uh, because he will blow you away. I, I I look forward to him as Batman. I'm I'm curious. I think I I'm a big Ben Affleck guy. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I think Robert Pattinson is gonna outperform him. I think he's gonna outperform George Clooney, Val Kilmer, uh, uh, Christian Bale, and, and Michael Keaton. Even though Keaton's, even though Keaton's in conversation to return, but uh, I, I think Pat Battison is going to be one of the best yeah. I've ever seen, if not right. the best. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. People just need to need to give the guy a chance, man, uh, to be the be yeah, the be the guy, be the bad. I'm not sure what I would compare. I, I guess I would compare him to Tom Hanks. Tom started in comedy, right? No one thought. This guy's gonna be a big dramatic actor, uh, and he blew people away, mm-hmm. especially in Philadelphia. I think that was probably one of the first roles he got that he was like, "Okay, this guy's got something." Then Forrest Gump came around, <laughs> and then Apollo thirteen. You know, he's I, that's what I would compare it to. You know, because they look at you know uh, at Tom is okay, the guy that played Big, gonna be a serious actor. Come on, or even Travolta. The guy that did look who's talking, gonna be get the, the chili Palmer well, and get look, look at look at uh look at look at um Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce is another Bruce, Bruce started out as a comedic actor, um and uh and people didn't believe he could do Die Hard, but now like he but you now put him with the action guys, you know, you put him in that in that conversation yeah. because. He is like he has trans he he transformed what it meant to be an action hero in the time in which he came out in Die Hard and um 
So you, and you forget gotta, that he was a comedic actor. Yeah, he was a comedic. And yeah, you forget that he's a comedic <laughs> actor, but you realize, oh yeah, he does have comedy chops when you see him mm-hmm. on Friends or when you see him, uh, you know, do anything like uh, um, the whole nine yards, anything like that. You do realize, yeah, he, he does have comedy chops because he's a funny guy. You know what I'm saying? But you forget yeah. about it because you just see him as action Bruce. Uh, yeah. But you know, Rob Robert Pattinson, like he even. Like there's a movie on Netflix, uh, the the King, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Um, he's in there, and uh, he plays this like smug guy. But there's a moment of comedic things that happen in that movie, and you just laugh because and Robert Pattinson does it, and he does it well, and he and he is okay to make fun of himself, you know, and um, yeah. just it's just and in Lighthouse, there's there's. It's a it's a very uncomfortable movie sometimes to watch. But it's very <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Certain but, scenes in that movie. Yeah. Ooh. But we didn't get off topic, but sort of not because Lighthouse, Fog, it all is connected, kinda. No, um, but not uh, really. But, no, it's <laughs> not really. But um, but yeah, that's been our review for the fog, um, nineteen eighty. Uh I recommend anyone watch it, as Brandon said earlier. Amazon Prime three ninety nine to rent, you know, but it's a slower burn type of horror of its time. It's not going to grab everybody. It is what it is, man. Um, you know, and now I've then got more accustomed to the more fast, faster paced horror films. You know, I have even as well. But um, it's it is what it is. I liked it though, Brandon. Do you recommend it that people watch it at least? Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean. Form your own opinion on it, you know. Uh, give it a chance. If you've never seen, uh, I say you've never seen a Carpenter film, I wouldn't recommend it be your first. No, but, I recommend Halloween be your first. Well, in my opinion. I, also, I recommend I Halloween. Recommend, no, no, I would recommend The Thing be your first Carpenter film. Yeah, The Thing's my favorite. Uh, but if you don't watch The Thing first, you watch Halloween, I, in my opinion. Uh, but you you can't really go wrong well you can but you can't go too wrong with carpenter i mean i would recommend it i would recommend renting it if because it's not streaming anywhere if you don't own it unfortunately yeah yeah i don't know why they just took it off stupid shutter shutter. Uh, Uh, y'all want to sponsor this though we appreciate it (laughs) yeah we're still looking for that sponsor (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I, it's a it's a slow burn horror film, you know, with zombie slasher elements, with a ghost story that you know hits us here. It hits us, you know. He's from Bowling Green. I'm from Russellville. But it hits us. My last name's Spivey. There's Spivey Point. There's Russellville Road. It, I, I believe that's on purpose. I'm, I believe John knows your parents and knows somebody in your family. Seriously, like that is no coincidence. That Spivey Spivey Point is is the name is the name in that movie. It is no coincidence. There is some reason that is in there. I know somebody. I mean, I'm convinced. I've never heard of any John Carpenter stories at family reunions, though. But, but, but who knows? <laughs> like there there could be family that just don't even realize they went on to be John Carpenter the the director. Yes, that's true. Like you know, Maybe they might have known him as. Huh? He could have hated. I don't know. I, I would think he would have liked the guy to make it Spivey Point. But then again, maybe not. No. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, no. I mean, hey, I know this is off topic, 
but Wes Craven hated the Freddy Krueger that was in his life, who was a bully, but he ended sure. up making him like one of the biggest horror icons, you know. <laughs> it is true. You know what? I had an uncle that was a, a bully. He, he used to tell me stories about how he would bully kids. That'd be something if it was if that, that was the case. Uh, could be. Not. Your uncle could have. I would been, be very your, upset. If your uncle. Your uncle was probably Biff Tannen, man. Your uncle was probably Biff Tannen. Let's be real. But um, let's be real. <laughs> but no one's as cool as Biff. I mean, no, just, Biff ain't cool. Come on, man. Uh, but, Biff is cool. Well, well, that's, a, that's a conversation <laughs> for a different day, Brandon. But uh, um, all right. Well, hey, I think everyone. Any, anything you want to tell the people, Brandon? Uh, you know, I appreciate you listening. Uh, it's first episode back for me. Um, uh, appreciate this podcast, actually. You know, Aaron, appreciate it. I, I enjoy it. Uh, but I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's next? Ooh, what's next? All right. So, who's next? What's next? <laughs> what's next? So we just did horror section. I think we're going to yeah. uh, lighten it up uh, with something. I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm not sure. I will uh, let let you know or let the people know. Um, I don't know. I would I would like to go. I, I was thinking about doing. It's let me let me tell you what's been on my mind, and I'll let you all know. All right. So two movies. I was thinking about either going Jurassic Park, because mm. why not? Right. It just it just was. It came back out in theaters. In the theaters that is open, and it was doing really well, like the best grosser movie in theaters uh, at one point. Um, and, or I was thinking about doing Rise of the Planet of the Apes. But if I do Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I'm going to have to do all the Planet of the Apes. And I don't really have time right now to do that. So I think we are going to take a journey to Jurassic Park on the next episode of the Mark Movie Podcast. Well, it's. As they say, it's time to go back to Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, that's a great choice. No, no, it's in uh, Jurassic World 3 is in production right now. Uh, why not? I mean, it's in the news right now. So, And, and it's summer still, man. You got to do a big summer movie, and Jurassic Park is a big summer yeah. movie. And, and we can be nostalgic. So, yeah. Hey, guys, tune in to that one, man. Next week, we go to Jurassic Park. And learn about the dinosaurs. That <laughs> was my as my trying to be the uh, Mr. DNA. It did not work. That guy sounded like Robin Williams to me. Oh man, I miss Robin. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it would oh, have been great if his voice were Robin Williams. <laughs> it would have been. It wasn't. But it wasn't. could you imagine that? Could you imagine that being something that nobody knew that Robin Williams voiced Mr. DNA and nobody <laughs> knew it except for Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did work on Hook. I mean, but I yeah, I mean, watched it. Look it up. I don't know. No, it, it wasn't him. It wasn't. Him. I looked it up last time I watched it. It wasn't him. I was like, man, it sounds so like Robin. I was like, I'll flip out if it was him. But no, it wasn't. I forget who it was, but it wasn't him. Right. Sadly. But yeah, next week, guys, for the Mark Guy Movie Podcast, we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Does it hold up? And we're doing. We know it does. But you know what? It'll be good. Maybe there's no point to do it. Does it hold up? We know it does. But it's Jurassic Park. We're going to Jurassic Park, guys. Yeah. We're going to go fast. Go, go, go really, really fast. 
Jurassic Park, most quotable, one of the most quotable, one of the best films, one of my favorite films of all time is Jurassic Park of my childhood. It came yeah, out like, when I was a kid. I loved it. Instant. It's number three for me, only behind Jaws and Rocky. Uh, but I love that movie. It's, yep. it's classic. So that's where we're going next week, guys. Well, thank you this week for tuning into the Mark Out Movie Podcast. I am Aaron Whitlow. I'm Brandon Spivey. And as always, Brandon, you can say what I say. Go ahead. Well, as, as always, thank you for marking out with us.